When you face something hard and scary and uncomfortable and part of you says, don't do that. I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna face that. That's too hard. And you do it anyway, you change because you now have shown yourself how strong, how bold, how badass you are. You can never go back to the version of yourself that was too afraid or not able or not willing to face those feelings because now you're the version of yourself who did it. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Art of Speaking Up podcast. It is so good to have you listening. I'm Jess. I am the host and creator of this show, and I am a coach for professional women. I help women build confidence, find their voice, transition into leadership, and really build careers where they are thriving and taking up space and enjoying themselves. I do that through this podcast. I do that through my one-on-one coaching work with my private clients, and I do that inside my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. And today, I am talking about a topic that I have so much passion around, and I get so excited every time I talk about this topic. And I feel very lucky that I have my platform as a place to talk about this topic because I think it is super important for women to earn a good income and a generous salary and make the money that they want to make in their nine to five careers. When I was in my nine to five career, I entered into my first job ever. I was a management consultant at McKinsey and I had a lot of student loans. And even though I was making like a a salary, I was getting paid in like the low 100s. I think I was making like 135,000 a year my first year at McKinsey. Even though that is quite a lot of money and a wonderful salary in so many ways, I had a lot of debt from law school and I was living in New York City. And when my loan payment and my expenses were taken out of my paycheck every month, things were kind of tight. And I thought that I would live that way forever. I kind of just thought like, oh, I'm never going to be financially comfortable. Like I'm always going to be in this place where like I'm having to think about like, does this fit? Can I buy that? Can that work? Like how much am I going to have left over at the end of the month? I just imagined that that's how things would be. And as my career progressed, As I started to find my voice, as I started to really act like a leader and get promoted, I began to really grow my income and my earning potential in my corporate career. And it began to grow so quickly that I was able to pay off my law school student loans that I had a few years ahead of the repayment schedule, which I never imagined was possible. I thought that I was just going to be paying those loans forever. And all of a sudden, I had all of this freedom in my life that I had never had before. 
because my loans were pretty big and I was living in really high cost of living cities, I had never had the experience of like just having more money coming in than bills that I had to allocate it to. And for me, the quality of my life drastically increased. I was able to say like yes to nice dinners and like book a nice vacation and pay for a hotel and like be able to do things and have things that previously were hard to fit in and were hard to make work with where I was at with my loans and my cost of living and what I was earning. And I think about how grateful I am that that was my experience. And I also think about how at the start of my career, my confidence was so low, my self-worth was so low that I didn't think that I deserved that. And I didn't think that that was something that I could have that would be possible for me. I thought that was for other people who were better than me, smarter than me, more charismatic than me, more talented than me. And I really, really want to spread this message to you like so badly from the bottom of my heart that you can have what you want, you can pursue what you want, and you don't need to be perfect, right? Like you don't need to check every single box and be the most amazing at every single element of your job and become someone different. You probably already have the raw talent that you need to thrive, to lead, to get promoted upwards, to make good money in your career. You just have to start learning to believe in yourself, to bet on yourself, to take risks so that you can actually perform at your full potential. I want to free you to stop thinking that you're not good enough to earn what you want to earn, whatever that looks like for you, right? Everyone's situation is different. Everyone's desires are different, but whatever it is that you want that feels exciting for you in your career and whatever type of earning power and earning potential you want to create in your corporate career, I want to give you permission that you're allowed to pursue that and that you can do it messy, (laughs) that you don't have to be perfect, right? Because I think a lot of times what I see happen so often is that you think that you can't have the confidence you want, the promotion you want, the salary you want until you get it together, until you're better, until things are perfect. And what you don't realize is it's that exact belief that's preventing you from taking the messy, scary, courageous action that is actually going to help you get to that point. So thinking that you need to know more, be better, be perfect, have all the answers before you can show up big ask for a raise, go for a promotion, take up more space in your role, like whatever the thing is that you're trying to do, thinking that you need to fix yourself, be better, be more before that's possible for you is one of the big barriers that's getting in the way. You can take messy action and you can draw bold now. And the definition of confidence is being willing to take the action now while you feel messy, before you feel ready, before you have all the answers. It is truly when you begin to step into that energy that things start changing, that you start creating more exciting results. It has been that way for me time and time again. And it is like that for my clients too. It's never about doing it right, doing it perfect, having all the answers. It's about building the ability to take powerful action, take up space, make asks, be bold before you feel ready, before you feel there while it feels messy. And so I want to encourage you and motivate you and inspire you to decide what you want and take messy action towards that thing. And if the thing that you want is to stop under earning, this episode is for you. 
I'm going to be talking about a pattern that I see with a lot of my clients. This might not be every single person's experience. This isn't the entire systemic explanation for why many women are under earning, but it is a pattern that I have observed in my work behind the scenes with my private clients. And I think that it will help you if you feel like you are either under earning or underachieving in your career. So what I wanna start with is I wanna talk about how I define under earning, what that is, because I have a little bit of a different definition that I think is going to be more useful than the typical definition of under earning. And then I'm going to talk about how often under earning in many situations, not always, but in many situations that I see, and that was also my experience in my nine to five career, is a symptom of a lack of confidence and a lack of belief in yourself. Like I said, not always, there are systemic inequalities that lead to under earning. And at the same time, something that I see alongside that is that often there are fears that we hold as women that that keep us under earning and keep us in a pattern of not pursuing or going for what we actually want. Okay, so let's start with what under earning is. This is very, very important. Now there's the classic definition of under earning, which is that the salary that you're earning is at the bottom of the market. So here's how I want you to think about this. This is also just like a mini lesson in how to think about pay bands and how to think about how much you should be making in your role. But I want you to just think about that for every role and job title that is out there, there is a range of pay for that particular role. And that represents all of the different salaries that all the different people in that role are earning, right? So for example, let's say the role is senior manager marketing, right? If you took all of the people who have that title and you put their name in a big Excel spreadsheet in column A, and then in column B, you put the salary that each of the people with that title was earning, and you sorted column B from lowest number to highest number, that would give you a range, right? You would have a range of salaries. Now, of course, not everyone with the title senior manager of marketing is exactly the same, right? So for example, someone who works at a company in a higher cost of living city in that title might typically earn a higher salary. Likewise, someone who works at a very, very large company with that title might earn a higher salary than someone who has that title at a very, very small company. So there are variables like size of company and geographic location that are going to impact how much or how little people with a given job title are making. Also, another variable that impacts that is industry. So a senior manager of marketing in the tech vertical is likely going to be earning more than a senior manager of marketing in a more traditional vertical, let's say consumer packaged goods or something like that. So with this spreadsheet, I want you to imagine that it has all the senior marketing managers on it, but you could filter it 
so that the people that are left on there are, are senior marketing managers who are similar to you, if that's your job title, or you could just insert whatever your job title is into this example. So you might take out people that are working in cities that have a very different cost of living than your city. And you might also take out people that are working in a vertical that pays very, very differently than the vertical you're in. And you might also delete people in that spreadsheet who are working at a company that's a very different size than your company. And what you would be left with is a list of people with the same job title who work at companies that are in the same geographic area, the same vertical, roughly the same size, and you would have tons of salaries listed out. You'd sort them from lowest to highest, and that would create a range. I think of that range as the market range for that role. Under earning simply means that your salary, the amount that you're making, is towards the bottom of that range. You are in the same role, similar types of companies, similar geographic location, but you're making less. I think that's what people typically think about when they think about under-earning. And it is really important to think about, but it's also really important for me to broaden the definition of under-earning because I see that a lot of um, women who are part of this community are under-earning in less obvious ways that actually have a bigger negative financial impact than the traditional definition of under-earning, which is the one that I just shared, right? Which is that your salary is like on the lower end of that list. So another element that's part of my definition of under-earning is being in an environment where your growth into bigger positions is either non-existent or very, very slow. So another way that under-earning happens is when you don't have a clear path that progresses on a reasonable time frame towards a bigger role, towards a leadership role. The reason that this is a form of under-earning is that your earning and the income that you generate in your career is not just about what you make this year, it's about what you make next year and the year after and five years from now and 10 years from now. And if you're at a company and giving your precious time to a company that doesn't promote people from within and that isn't great at developing people and helping people expand their role and expand their scope, then you are technically under-earning compared to what you'd earn if you were in that same role, but at a company that promotes upward quickly, because by the time you get to like, let's say year two or year three or year four or year five in your role, if you're at a company that promotes slowly, your salary is going to stay much, much smaller. Whereas if you're at a company that actually nurtures talent, your salary is going to grow faster. So you can think about this as a whole nother variable, a whole nother way of thinking about under earning. The reason that I share this with you is because it is that second kind of under earning that actually tends to have a bigger negative financial impact on people than the first kind of under earning. So the first kind of under earning, which is just that like you're at the bottom of the salary range, that might mean that you're making 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, maybe up to $50,000 less per year than what you'd make if you were at the top of the salary range for your position. But when you look at the difference between getting promoted quickly versus slowly, 
the impact on your income and the change to your financial situation is much bigger and more drastic than just a $10,000 or $20,000 or even a $50,000 difference. This is because if you look at salaries, there is pretty much like an exponential growth curve as you get higher and higher titles. So it's not like with every promotion, you get an extra $20,000. As you get promoted into higher and higher titles, the increases in your salary get bigger and bigger. And so I share that because I think sometimes there's so much discussion on salary negotiation and the traditional kind of under-earning, which, like I said, is super important. But I feel like there's a bigger point to be made, which is that you should trade your time, your precious career time, for a work environment that's going to promote you upward and help you grow your earning potential year to year through getting promoted because that actually moves the needle for you in a much faster, more effective way. I would rather be an underpaid CEO or an underpaid C-suite executive or an underpaid VP or an underpaid senior director than an overpaid manager or an overpaid associate or an overpaid director. Do you see what I'm saying? That's kind of what I mean by the two kinds of under-earning. So I think about both of those as under-earning. And what I see often, which is no surprise, and was also my situation for quite some time, is that a lot of us are under-earning. We are either at the bottom of the salary range or we are in an environment that is not supporting our growth into bigger positions that will compensate us better. Now, when it comes to earning and a topic like money, I think it's important to be really, really careful not to get too caught up in the tangible surface level discussion. What I see often when things like salary negotiation are being talked about is it's talked about as almost like a skill. Like you get really good at negotiating salary and then you're gonna negotiate a great salary and make a lot of money. But what I actually see behind the scenes in my coaching work in helping my clients increase their salary by a significant amount is that it's not really a lack of understanding how to do that that is at the root of the problem. While it's true that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with the mechanics of like, how do I go about growing my salary? I find that explaining that to someone is not the full solution. Because inevitably, what happens next is you understand what to do. You know how to raise your salary. There are no questions about the step-by-steps and the how. But then when you imagine doing that, it brings up all kinds of feelings, fear, shame, embarrassment, it brings up your imposter syndrome. So when it comes to under-earning, it's not just about knowing how to get yourself out of it if you identify as someone who is under-earning, but it's actually about the mindset and having the ability to navigate some of the feelings that come up as you imagine taking the steps that are going to get you from under-earning to being really generously compensated. And that's what today's episode is about. I can give you the steps. 
I'm sure at some point that's going to be a future episode topic, how to make sure you're getting the most money when you get a job offer, right? How to go about asking for a raise, all of those tactics. But if I didn't talk about what I'm talking about today, I would be doing you a disservice because then you would think, okay, well, I know the steps. So now it's time for me to go and make sure I'm not under earning when really there's more to the picture. There are all of the feelings that you have to be bold and courageous enough to work through and face. And what I also want to say is that when you face hard feelings and when you decide, I'm going to go do something that feels uncomfortable, that brings up lots of uncomfortable feelings that I don't love experiencing, but I'm going to do it anyway, not only Do you get a raise or a promotion or a better job because you were willing to do that? But even more importantly, that's what grows your confidence. When you face something hard and scary and uncomfortable and part of you says, don't do that. Don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to face that. That's too hard. And you do it anyway you change because you now have shown yourself how strong, how bold, how badass you are. You can never go back to the version of yourself that was too afraid or not able or not willing to face those feelings because now you're the version of yourself who did it. And it is that knowing inside that makes you feel strong and bold and capable because you've changed who you are. You've changed from being the type of person who runs away from it to the type of person who faces it and moves forward. And when you have that knowledge, and then you also start getting those tangible results that come from facing the hard thing, like the promotion, like the raise, like the better career path, you feel very different inside. And so I share this with you Because if any of what I talk about resonates and if the idea of putting yourself out there and going for a raise, going for a promotion, really changing your career path, if that makes you feel uncomfortable, doesn't mean it's not for you, doesn't mean you're incapable, doesn't mean you can't do it. It actually is an opportunity for you to grow and deepen not just your career path, but your confidence. And so that's what I want to share before I get into this, because I want to motivate you to want to do hard things. So for me to explain what I want to explain in today's episode, I'm going to use the analogy of Jenga. I'm sure you've played Jenga, but in case you haven't, it is a game where you take a bunch of rectangular wooden blocks And you stack them up in layers of three blocks at a time, layer over layer over layer. You build a tower with the blocks. And then each person, one at a time, removes a block from the tower until inevitably the tower falls. So the first few blocks that you remove when you're playing Jenga usually doesn't do much in terms of the tower breaking and falling down. But the more blocks you move, the more shaky the tower gets. Sometimes it starts to sway, right? And you start to get nervous. And then inevitably, someone pulls out that final block. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? They pull that block out and the entire Jenga tower collapses. 
So the way that I think about confidence and feeling solid, feeling competent, trusting yourself, feeling badass, feeling like a leader, however, whatever word you like to use when it comes to confidence, whatever resonates with you, but I'll just use the word confidence. I think of confidence as being like a Jenga tower that is standing solid, that has all the blocks in it. It's a solid tower. It is not going anywhere. It is not swaying. None of the blocks have been removed and it is not going to fall down. Now, I think about how there are certain actions that we take or don't take, that you take or don't take in your career that over time erode your confidence and each action functions like taking one block out of the Jenga tower. So for example, when you don't use your voice at work, when you're not contributing in discussions, meetings, conversations, you're under speaking, you're under participating, that erodes your confidence. So it's like taking one block out of the Jenga tower. When you are not actually pursuing a role or a path that meets your full potential and allows you to use all your skills. Maybe you're at a company that's really stagnant, right? Maybe you're not really going for something where you're actually going to grow and stretch. That's like taking another block out of the Jenga tower. When you are not advocating for yourself and you're kind of hiding and not talking about your professional development and not getting feedback and not taking those steps that are going to help you grow and get promoted faster, that's taking another block out of the Jenga tower. I think of under earning and not taking the actions that will help grow your salary over time as taking another block out of the Jenga tower. The actions that we take typically will have either a positive impact on our confidence or will erode our confidence. And when we're hiding and we're not operating at our full potential and we're taking actions that are coming from the belief, the false belief that we're not that good, that we're missing something, that other people are better than us, it's as if we're taking a block out of the Jenga tower. And it is those actions that actually contribute to eroding our sense of self-confidence. And I think what often happens is people get focused on the opposite. They focus on how, well, I'm not confident, so I'm not doing X, Y, Z. And they don't think as much about how, how is not doing X, Y, Z, not speaking up, not advocating for yourself, not going for the salary you want, how is that actually functioning to keep your confidence at that low level? So it's not just how we feel at the starting point. It's how our actions and choices contribute to reinforcing how we feel. Because you can start out not feeling confident, but if you challenge yourself to use your voice anyway, to advocate for yourself anyway, to challenge yourself anyway, to ask for what you want anyway, your confidence will grow and change over time. Whereas if you're not feeling that confident, and you continue to take actions like not using your voice, not stretching yourself, not taking up space, not asking for the salary you want, that will continue to negatively impact your levels of confidence. It becomes like a cycle. So I really want you to think about your confidence as a Jenga tower, and every action that you take 
you're either adding a block to the Jenga tower or removing a block from the Jenga tower. And you want to be taking actions that are adding blocks to the Jenga tower. Now, when it comes to earning and under earning, one of the reasons that this topic is so important to me is because while I do think money is important, and I do think as women, it is very important for us to own our desire for financial success, if that is a desire that we have, because I think that that is not normalized for women in the same way it's normalized for men. It's also not really about the money. It's about the confidence. It's about the Jenga tower. And it's about what our choices represent when it comes to how we view ourselves. And what I have found is that often when someone is under earning and they aren't taking certain steps to grow it over time. And like, like I said, this isn't always the case. This is just something that I encounter as I am supporting my clients in growing their compensation package and really making changes to their career and to their career path. What I find is that their initial failure to do that and hesitation to do that is a symptom of lacking self-confidence and is part of a broader pattern that they have of systematically removing blocks from the Jenga tower and making decisions that erode their sense of self-confidence. So asking for a raise, getting out of under-earning, pursuing the income, the salary, the compensation that you want is not just about the money, It's about the impact on the Jenga tower. It's about the impact on your self-confidence, the impact on how you see yourself. When you go for what you want, you are putting a block back in the Jenga tower and making your confidence stronger. When you don't, you are taking a block away from the tower and it weakens your confidence. And I see this often when I am working with clients and talking about money and talking about their salary Something that comes up frequently is that there's a part of them that wants to under-earn, and it's very subtle. It's not, it's not something that comes up very obvious, right? Because often the conversation sounds a lot more like, I'd like to like get out of this small salary bracket that I'm stuck in and break into something bigger. Or I'd like to get an increase in my comp package, a big one as part of this next merit cycle. So the conversation is never like, I like under earning. But when we dig, when I dig with them, what we find is that sometimes the under earning feels like it fits. It feels like it fits because They don't see how talented they are. They don't see how brilliant they are. They don't see how good they are at their job. They don't see those things. They see all the mistakes and the flaws and the imperfections and the places where they need to get better. And they think that they're not so good. They have this skewed perception (laughs) of how talented they are. And I'm more objective. I'm outside of them. So I see something very different than what they see. I see someone in front of me who's incredibly smart, incredibly talented, incredibly capable but they don't see that. And this might be your experience too. And so when they think about earning more, asking for more, making the case for more, it makes them uncomfortable because it feels like a mismatch. It feels like, well, maybe 
I'm asking for more than I deserve. Maybe I'm asking for more than my level of competence. Maybe I'll disappoint people. Like maybe me earning more is going to be the thing that reveals my imposter syndrome, like reveals that I am an imposter because people will see that I don't live up to that. So I'm going to stay in this smaller, like I'm going to keep myself smaller, whether it's money, whether it's my voice, whether it's speaking up, like money is just one example of how this thought pattern expresses itself but I'm going to keep myself smaller because that feels like it fits and this is equivalent in the Jenga analogy to being so used to taking blocks out of the Jenga tower because you're like well I'm not confident so it makes sense for me to take blocks out of the Jenga tower yeah the tower is getting more wobbly it's swaying it's gonna fall that makes sense that feels like who I know myself to be I'm someone who isn't confident right and so We take the actions that continue to feed into that self-image and continue to erode our sense of self-confidence because putting blocks into the Jenga tower isn't something that you've really done much of. And in order for you to transform, to become more confident, and to transform not just internally, right, like not just your confidence, but your career, to be on a path to leadership, to be taking up space, to be earning big money, to be succeeding, to be using your voice, you have to try something really new and really different and often really uncomfortable, which is you have to go from taking pieces out of the Jenga tower, which feels familiar, which feels safe, which feels small, but there's something about it that is known that you've been doing that it makes sense. And you have to go and do something different and unfamiliar and uncomfortable. And this is why sometimes you stay stuck because while theoretically, You might want to earn more money or ask for more money or get a promotion or be more vocal in meetings. In theory, you want all those things. When it comes time to change from removing blocks from the Jenga tower to putting blocks in, it's going to feel weird and unfamiliar. And it's going to feel like, but I'm just like a shaky, wobbly Jenga tower. Like, what's going to happen when I put blocks in instead of taking blocks out? I've never done that before. How is that going to work? Like, what if that's worse for the tower? And it is your willingness to be open-minded and curious and courageous enough to try something different that is going to help that Jenga tower go from swaying and being super duper wobbly to being solid and sturdy. And just like in Jenga, you're going to do it one block at a time. So What I want to propose to you is the idea that if you're under earning, it could be a form of you being in a broader pattern of removing blocks from the Jenga tower of your self-confidence. It could be that the under earning feels consistent and familiar with who you know yourself to be, and that asking for a raise, pursuing a promotion changing the trajectory of your career, whatever that looks like, like whatever's the thing that you want, whether it's under earning or you want to get promoted or whatever it is you want in your life where you want to take up more space, it could be that that's new and that's different and that's scary and that requires you to take actions that feel different and scary and new. But even though it feels scary, the end result is that the Jenga tower gets stronger as you do it more and more and more. And I think what's hard is just like with a Jenga tower, putting one block back in might not make a big difference. 
And so you might look at it and say, well, it's not worth it for me to put a block back in this Jenga tower because it's so uncomfortable to do that. And the tower is still going to sway. But if you're willing to do it again and again and again and again, eventually that tower is going to stop swaying and stop being so wobbly. And it's going to be a lot more solid because you were willing to reverse the pattern, do something different, take up space. And you were willing to do it even when it was uncomfortable even when you couldn't see how it truly was going to benefit you, you were willing to take those steps anyway. And this is how confidence gets built. This is also how you change your career. At the beginning of my career, I never negotiated salary. I didn't know how, but even if I did, I wouldn't have because I would have been too afraid. It would have been too uncomfortable. I would have felt too embarrassed to have that conversation. And I wanted to go in knowing that I was being underpaid. I wanted to go in knowing that I hadn't asked for anything extra because the part of me that lacked confidence was scared to ask for something extra. And so I came in asking for nothing more than what I was offered. And because I did that, I never felt what it felt like to believe in myself, to take a bet on myself, to take a leap of faith and say, you know what, even though this feels scary and uncomfortable, I trust that this is adding a block to the Jenga tower. And I trust that by me making this ask, even though I feel scared, even though I'm scared that I'll disappoint them, and even though I want to come in at this lower salary because then no one's going to notice me as much, I'm going to do the scary, uncomfortable thing anyway because I am willing to believe in myself. I didn't realize that it was my willingness to do that that actually sparks the confidence, my willingness to take the leap, to face the uncertainty, to have the courage to ask before I knew what it was going to be like when I got there. And as my career went on, that pattern changed. It took me several job offers, several negotiations, and several you know, misses and failures and failed attempts to really learn how to get honest with myself about the salary that I wanted and what I wanted to ask for and the real reasons why I wasn't asking for it. And when I could see that the reasons why I wasn't asking for it were really me allowing my fears and limitations to win and to dictate the story of my identity and who I was. Like when I could see how it was part of that broader pattern of just removing blocks from the Jenga tower, I knew that I had to start asking and being bold, not just so I can earn what I wanted to earn, but more importantly, so I could become who I wanted to become, which is a female leader who is courageous and does hard things and isn't afraid to make a strong ask and make a bold ask, even when uncertainty is present. That is the version of myself that I wanted to be. And so I changed how I went about having salary discussions. And At that point in my career, when I was learning how to do this and building my confidence, I was earning a very high salary. So I had gone from, at the start of my career, like I said, when I started at McKinsey, I think I was making like $135,000 a year. And about five or six years into my corporate career, I was making in the mid 300,000s with all of my bonuses and my stock, and I was getting really close to 400,000. And I remember that number felt so high to me. It felt like it didn't feel like me. I was like, how is this me? And 
when recruiters would call me or I, you know, I would have job interviews and conversations about comp in roles, it would make me feel sick to to talk about my earning expectations. And a part of me didn't want to have that conversation, wanted to just be passive, let them bring it up. But if I was honest with myself, I asked myself, well, do I want to take like a potentially like 50K to 100K pay cut because I'm scared to have this conversation? Or is it just that I'm scared to have it and so I'm telling myself (laughs) that I'm willing to take this pay cut? And I realized that it was just fear. It wasn't based on my desires or what was true for me or what I wanted. It was based on fear. And I learned how to have those conversations, how to make a big ask. And because of that, my confidence grew so much because I watched myself move through that with so much kindness towards myself, so much bravery, so much courage, so much emotional maturity that it changed who I am. It made me a better leader. It made me more confident. It made me better at my job. So sometimes when you make the ask, right, and you're willing to do the scary thing, whether it's around earning and under earning or finding your voice in some other context or setting, It is those actions over time that reshape and shift your identity into something much more powerful. So if you're under earning, what I want you to take away from this episode is I want you to really investigate and ask yourself whether the under earning is part of a deeper pattern, part of a broader pattern that you play out where you don't take the action that you would take if you believed in yourself more. It's part of a set of actions where you're hiding and where you're playing so much smaller than you're capable of because you're too scared to believe. You're too scared of the unknown and the uncertainty that comes with believing in yourself. Now, here's the thing. In my opinion and my experience, believing in yourself always feels scary But the difference is you learn how to face that and you learn how to show up for that. And that makes you feel so strong and so unstoppable. It is the moments where I have done an uncomfortable thing in my career, where I have done something for the first time that I had never done before, even though it felt really hard. It is those moments that I feel like in my stomach and in my body when I ask myself, Why do I believe in myself now? Why do I feel so confident? Why do I feel so unstoppable? Like, why do I have this sense within me that I will figure it out and make it happen? Oh, it's because of all those times where it was so hard and so scary and I had so many hesitations and I moved right right along through it anyway. And this doesn't mean you have to do it perfectly. Doesn't mean you have to figure it out all at once. It might be a process, but you approach each and every step of the process with belief in yourself, compassion towards yourself, and encouragement towards yourself as you practice putting a Jenga block back in the tower instead of removing it. So that is what I want to share with you today. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. As you can tell, this topic is super important to me. I feel very, very passionately about this. I will also say that when I have taken scary action in my career, And in my life, I have not done it alone. I have rarely taken big risks and stepped into big spotlights and taken these paths that have led my life into a new direction by myself. I have almost always had the support of a coach, 
uh, of a mentor, of someone who helped me with that process. And if you are looking for that, for someone to help you with your process of putting a block back in the Jenga tower, whether you want to take up more space in your job, whether you're ready to finally elevate into a leadership role, whether you are tired of under earning and that is something that you are wanting to change, I can help you and support you in doing that. And it won't be just about you getting the promotion, you getting the raise, you getting the thing you want. It's about you building the confidence that comes along with that process. It is one of my favorite things to do with my clients. And you can learn more about how you can become my client at my website, justguzzitcoaching.com slash coaching. And if you've been thinking of working together and have questions or want to chat with me, you can also feel free to send me an email at jessica at theartofspeakingup.com. I love hearing from you and I will drop that in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in. This episode was such a pleasure to record. If you have thoughts, oh my gosh, please let me know what you think. I love it when you all share your feedback. It helps me so much. It helps me also make the show even better because I hear what's resonating with you. So don't be shy. Drop me a note. I would love to hear from you and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.